Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. You guys are amazing. You have cultivated such a atmosphere of holiness in this place. It's incredible. Do you feel it every week when you come in? Come on. We used to have to like, it was work. (laughs) You guys have it easy. Uh, But it's awesome. Yes, I grew up in this place. I have been here since I was nine and couldn't wait to get into youth group. Back when I was in youth, it was seventh grade. You couldn't come in until seventh grade. And it was like torture to be in kids church till sixth grade. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it was like you wanted to get into Airborne. It was like, close the doors, the music is loud, and you're just like, I just want to go in there. (laughs) So that was my experience. I was super happy when I got to get in there. And then I didn't really get out for, it was probably like, ever. (laughs) I'm still here. Uh, But anyway, okay, I wanted to just start by just uh, encouraging a couple people that I felt God put on my heart. And I'm going to try not to cry. I don't know why it's so emotional. <laughs> um, Abby DeVita, where'd you go? Yes. <laughs> First of all, you're amazing. Just an amazing person. But I felt like God really wanted you to know that you don't have to be afraid of the future. And I saw that the doors were just going to open in front of you, and you were just going to dance in. Because that's how easy it was going to be for you. For God to just open up the door and you just dance in. Okay, so everybody stretch your hands out towards Abby. (laughs) You have a good, good father. You have amazing, amazing father. So, Father, I just speak blessing on her life. I speak that she would prosper at every single thing she does, God, and that you would be with her every single step of the way and that she would never have to fear. She would never have to be afraid. The doors are just lined up in front of her and... Success after success is in your path. I thank you, Father. And it will just be so joyful. It's not anything that's ever going to be stressful for you. (laughs) So fill her up with joy, overflowing, God, that she could just breeze through like a song, God, like a melody, Father. Bless her in every area, everything she does, God. All right. Um, Yeah, give it up. That's good. Yay. Um, Liam. (laughs) Come on now. Um, There's such an amazing anointing on your life. And I felt like God was saying that you have creative ideas that haven't, haven't been done. And not to be afraid to step out in those and really just like go for a new thing, a new sound, a new whatever it is, like new venture that people are like attracted to who you are. And so it doesn't matter if it's not been done before. It's going to be amazing because the favor of God is on your life. All right, so reach your hands out to him. (laughs) God, we bless him. We bless him. I pray that as he sharpens his skills, as he sharpens his gifts, um, that you would just pour out even more favor and more creativity upon his life. That God, that he, he's like a king in your sight. It's like King Liam, and he's taking the stage, Father, and that people will be drawn to the anointing that's on his life and that's inside of him, and he doesn't even have to preach one word because his life is a life of holiness, and it's a holy devotion to you, Father. I speak blessing upon him in every area, God. Come on, amen. 
Um, just one more. And don't feel like left out or something. Like, God loves you guys so much. <laughs> All right. Um, you in the red shirt. I don't know your name. Can I have your name? Alisa? Alyssa? Hi, Alyssa. Um, I just felt like God was saying that he's using you to raise the bar for girls. That, like, girls who just, I don't know, kind of just play around, mess around, don't really, like, care about the integrity of their own selves, (laughs) you know? That God was using you as an example and, like, kind of like, I don't know, like that older sister who's like, cut it out. Come on, just be you and stop messing around. All right? Lissa. Okay. (laughs) I'm terrible with names. I'm really sorry. All right, right, lift your hands to her. (laughs) Father, I pray you give her the grace to walk the path that's before her. God, that she would just have uh, easiness in her step. And Father, that it wouldn't be a burden that she's carrying, Father, to to live the life that she lives, God, that it would just be easy and, and everything would flow out of who she is because that's who you made her to be. And it's easy for her to walk and, and not grow weary and to do well and to do good at things and um, just anoint her to just have favor with her friends and to have those moments of really speaking into their lives and telling them who they are and calling them out from dark places, calling them out from far away, distant places and, and closer to your heart, Father, that she would just be a living example of the glory of God on the earth, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You guys are awesome. Thanks for playing. This is like, how did you guys know? <laughs> My mind goes better when there's music playing. It's like a musician thing, I think. Um, yeah, it feels feels more flowy. All right, so I wanted to just take some time tonight and talk to you about something that probably everyone says to a teenager, but I don't know, maybe not. (laughs) Um, I just feel like if you can grab a hold of this while you're young, your life will just be so much easier. (laughs) And I feel like in this place, you guys have a pretty good handle on it, but I want to talk to you about identity. All right? Um, Like what just think about this for a second. What would it be like if there was, like, no one you had to impress? There wasn't, like, a cool factor that you had to, like, feel like you had to live up to. What would that be like? Am I the only one who thinks about this? Like, man, I would be in sweatpants every day. (laughs) Come on, I live for sweatpants. And some people wear sweatpants and they're totally fine with it, and that's great, but (laughs) there's, you know, whatever. So what would it be like if we just, like, genuinely, genuinely liked each other for who we were? If people could really see who you are? Probably, I'm guessing, that you can think of a handful of people who really know you. Am I right? Who, like, really know you, like, your heart, your desires. You could say, yeah, that person... They know when I'm not being myself, right? Like your parents, maybe two close friends. Yeah? You guys don't have to be quiet. Be loud, please. No, just kidding. (laughs) All right. So I think about this, and I I think what it really comes down to is I think that people just don't know how loved they are. You know? 
when we feel like we have to just do all this stuff to like impress other people or whatever like we just don't really know how loved we are and I'm still even like God help me break out of this like pattern of trying to I don't know make everyone happy or whatever you know I just want to be fine so I don't know if it ever gets easier but I'm just saying if you can like grab a hold of this while you're young you might have an easier time we're stuck in this pattern of just judging each other and being judged and splitting up into little groups or whatever and excluding others that aren't like us and not in this place obviously but at school other places maybe even here I don't know um (laughs) but I really feel like it comes down to none of us really know how loved we are and like you all know like um the cool kids or whatever in school or even the bullies like think about it if you really think about it it's like man they just don't know how loved they are and you can get an attitude towards them or you can choose to see them the way God sees them and I know a lot of times people are like if someone's bothering you like just pray and and ask God to show you what he sees and if that works for you that's great but a lot of times I just talk it up to man God show them how much you love them because that's a little bit easier for me to stomach sometimes, you know? Like, if I already have a grudge against them, I can't always see what Jesus sees. <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> I'm like, ah, I just, ah, I'm pointing out all of their errors and everything, but like, God, if, I, if I see that they don't know the love of God, then I can more easily compartmentalize the fact that, <sighs> okay, I can be okay with them now. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna get to my scripture. Where'd it go? All right, so when it comes to identity, it's on the back. Oh, that's why. Mm-mm-mm. All right, Ephesians 1.4. I know you don't have Bibles, and that's okay. <clears throat> in Ephesians 1.4, it says, He chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blame before him in love. Okay. So before the foundation of the world, before he died on the cross, before you were born, he chose you. Not only did he choose you, he chose you, he called you holy, and he called you blameless. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of time I spent growing up, I felt like when I would read my Bible or come to church, I would kind of feel condemned. Do you know what condemnation is? Do you know that feeling? Like, I'm not, I don't measure up. I'm not good enough to be with God. Good, you don't know it? That's amazing. <laughs> like, just, I didn't understand the Bible for what it really meant. You guys are, like, starting at such a different point than where I was at. Like, we were taught, like, do good, do good, do good. You know? And you guys have this revelation of, like, God loves me. He really loves me, and that's amazing. Like, that's amazing. I'm, like, so thrilled that my kids are being raised in this church where they're being taught at a young age the things that I had to learn over time, you know? Because I just can't even imagine where you'll go with that. Like, not even, I don't know. Yeah, not even feeling condemned. That's amazing. (laughs) But I would read the Bible, and I wouldn't get it because I didn't understand the love of God, okay? And if I would have understood that he saw me holy and blameless before the foundation of the world, and that then he, he gave us his son, died on the cross to redeem us, to show us 
that we're holy and blameless. That was just him showing us, hey, look what I've already done for you. Come to me. You're redeemed. Be redeemed. And that's what the world's waiting for, right? They're waiting for that revelation. Like, your friends, think of the worst person that you know. (laughs) That sounds terrible. I'm asking you to judge someone right now. But... (laughs) Think of, like, someone who's like, yeah, obviously they don't know God. (laughs) They're just waiting for a revelation of the fact that they are holy and blameless. And they need to turn in their little ticket to God and say, you know what? I need this revelation, redemption. I I need to be redeemed. I need to have my mind brought back to the place where you started it, where you started with me. I'm holy and I'm blameless. Right? So when you see people acting all, this is weird, sorry, all crazy, (laughs) you just got to understand that they're waiting for the revelation that they are holy and that they are blameless. Right? That's God's heart for them. That's God's heart for us. He wants us to, to see that. And what I think is funny about this verse is Paul is the one who's saying it, okay? Paul, he was Saul. (laughs) He murdered people. (laughs) And God told him, you were holy and blameless. Okay, I just picture, like, he met him on the road to Damascus, showed this bright light on him, you know, and uh, exposed everything, whatever. He's blinded for three days. And then Paul goes on teaching messages about God loving them before the foundations of the world. Like, you think he would be like John the Baptist and be like, repent! <laughs> He'll strike you dead on the road! <laughs> No, what he wanted them to know is like, look what, look what he's done for us. He's called us blameless. He's called us holy. That's our identity. That's like the baseline, all right? So that's the base. That's where we start. All right. Wow, I'm actually following my notes. This is great. I don't often get to, like, talk in front of people or to them because I have two little kids. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, a room full of people. Um, okay, so, so think of that person again. How are they going to find out? Like, how are they going to find out? Do you have to go and be like, listen, man, Jesus loves you. Listen, Jesus loves you. Is that, I mean, it might work for some people, but is that like the most effective way? (laughs) No, they need that encounter with God, right? And here's my idea. I'll show you another verse. Okay. Or maybe I won't. <laughs> no, I will. Okay, Hebrews twelve fourteen. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and be holy. For without holiness, no one will see God. Okay. So, if being holy is our baseline identity, it's got who God calls us to be, who he says we are, And this verse says, without holiness, no one will see God. What that says to me is when I decide to step outside of who I am and maybe try to be like the cheerleaders, or (laughs) do they exist anymore? I don't know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Or when I like step outside of who I'm supposed to be and I try to put on someone else's like deal, then no one gets to see God. Like in this room here, there's like 150, 130 representations of God's heart. 
right? Each one of you represent part of God's heart. No one is exactly the same. Everyone has a different perspective, has a different view of God right now in your life, and, and you have a different filter of which you present him into the world, okay? And so when you decide to, like, cover that up and try to be something that you're not, then the rest of us miss out on that aspect of God and his love for the people around you, all right? So it's like a twofold thing. It works for you, and it works for the people that you need to love. <laughs> Are you getting that? Like, this isn't just a message for you guys to, like, change your ways or whatever, because, you know, it's also to just maybe switch your perspective on the people that you associate with outside of this building and how you see them and how, I don't know, I just hope it, like, switches you to see, like, I can love them better because I know it's not, the, it's not their it's not their fault. They just don't know how loved they are yet. They haven't had a revelation of how much God loves them. And so that's causing him to act like an idiot. <laughs> All right? Um, so just to end with this, and I know I didn't go into a whole lot of, like, I don't know, your giftings and your talents, but that goes along with who God made you to be. Like, the baseline is that you're holy, but then everything else that you enjoy and that he's put in your heart like that's that's who you are like you can't just remove that and like I think sometimes we think of holiness as like I need to walk around in like a white robe and sing like an angel all day and then people will know that I am holy (laughs) but holy is just set apart you know set apart for God to be like him says, be holy as I am ho- as I am holy. And even, and today, I feel like there's so much of a fight for our identity that being yourself in today's world is actually a prophetic act. If you're being yourself, you're going to cause other people to want to be themselves. Okay? Like, specifically, I went to a concert, and um, the, it was uh, John Mark. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever seen John Mark McMillan in concert? Maybe he's not your thing, but I love him. (laughs) Um, He was having so much fun. I was like, oh, my gosh. He's totally himself. The band, they're playing the kind of music they love. They're just doing it with all their hearts, enjoying the heck out of it. And I was like, I was super inspired. Like, I'm in front of people all the time and everything, but sometimes you don't, I don't know. You just get through it, and you're not, like, totally being you, you know? I try. Like, that's one of my things. Like, this is, like, my life deal. Like, authenticity, be yourself, you know? I still haven't gotten there, but <laughs> all the time. But I'm just, like, ah, that's what, I, that's what I want to see happen. Like, I don't want any of you to, like, start trying to be like me on the stage or in my life or whatever. Like, no, I want to see what's inside of you because that's a picture of God, right? So... Yeah, anyway, John Mark totally, like, inspired me. I was like, I want to go home and write songs. And I didn't want to write songs like he writes. I wanted my songs to come out, you know? So when you are uniquely you on display for the world, then other people will be like, I want to be me. I could do that. (laughs) It's, like, inspiring, you know? So I'm telling you, it's a prophetic act in this day and age. So I'm going to end with this story. Um, When I was in the hospital... Do I, a lot of you know, 
like five, six years ago, I like died, blood clots. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, it's like an actually I was like raised from the dead. <laughs> yes. So I thought that like once it all set in, because I had a little bit of memory loss for a couple of days and um, stuff like that. But once it all set in, like what had happened and what a miracle my life was at that point, I was like, well, I was super happy to be alive, first of all. And I was on a lot of drugs. So (laughs) just like super happy, (laughs) like super happy. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) the kind they give you in the hospital when you're really sick, okay? Not like anything else. (laughs) Anyway, so I felt like, All of a sudden, I felt this huge weight come on my shoulders, and I was like, oh, man. I asked God, I was like, what do I have to do now? Like this huge pressure to perform. Because I felt like people would see me and be like, that was the girl that was raised from the dead. Can you, you know, like, can you whatever, pray for me or do this? And that did happen to a degree, but it was like, I said, God, what do I have to do now? Like, I didn't want to, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want that pressure, you know? And um, clear as day, I heard God say, it like in, before the question was even like out of my mind, out of my thoughts, he was like, just be yourself. It's like, really? Like, that's so simple. And like, so like made sense. Like, obviously, why would I like take on any kind of like, I am the woman of God. I was never like that before, you know, like, why would I have to be that way now? (laughs) He didn't expect any, he didn't require anything more of me, but that I would be myself because that is the best representation of his heart. So I just want to release that over you. I hope that all made sense. Like, sorry, it's a little notes and talking are weird, (laughs) (laughs) but I just want to pray a grace on you guys to just really be yourself in this season of your life. So can you stand up? You're all so tall. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. All right, put your hand on your heart. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for every individual in this room. Father, I thank you for the giftings and the callings and the the destinies that you've placed on these lives and put in these hearts. Father, I thank you for the, just the uniqueness of each person. God, I ask that you would just give them the grace and the ability to walk out who they are every day of their lives, Father God, that they would just be brought back to this place of, I'm holy and blameless before the Lord. I'm not going to let any lie or any condemnation settle in and, and wreck what I have going because me and Jesus were besties. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, that you've anointed them for such a time as this and that you hold them so close to your heart, Father. God, would you just release anointing to stand when everybody else is just going crazy. To just stand firm in who you've called them to be. 
God, we just thank you. God, I thank you for hearts that are turned towards you, for eyes that are on you, God. I pray you'd take the guesswork out of it, Father, and that we would just be ourselves. We'd just be ourselves, that we could walk into a room, God. We wouldn't even have to stand up on a, a soapbox and, begin, and preach, Father, because our lives would just demonstrate the power of your spirit. And the words would come, God. The right words at the right time would come for the right season and the right person. You would use us, Father. Thank you, God. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.